How is it love if he allows us to make decisions that are harmful to ourselves or to others? How many of you have ever asked that question? You're like, there's nobody in this room. I'm raising my hand. You can raise your hand. It's okay. Okay. There's like three honest people in here. Cool. All right. The rest of you will we'll work on. Okay. I want you to think about some things though, guys. Like, um, there's some crazy things that happen in our world. Um, I've been to Haiti a few times. I've been to Africa. Um, I've been in Nicaragua and different countries. And I've just seen things that like your mind can't even wrap your, it can't even wrap itself around that kind of evil. Like there's just depths of evil that you see that either people have done to other people or, um, or just based on circumstances people find themselves in. And, and, and you just, it breaks your heart. And I don't care who you are, you, you, you're confronted with this reality of like, God, even if you're a believer, God, I love you. I acknowledge that you're real, but how? Why? And, and I mean, you guys, people walk away from the faith over that question. They do. They walk away because they cannot reconcile that question with a loving God. They can't reconcile it, and so they walk away. And so this is a really important uh, topic for us to work through. Just as I pray all these questions that we're going to ask and, and, and hopefully answer during uh, this, this term, this is one of those big ones because I, I, I've thought that way. I mean, I remember very clearly where I was at um, when 9-11 happened and, and that just that moment and, and seeing that unfold and, and just the effect that had. I mean, it was just like overwhelming the evil that you saw and, and the result was crazy. Um, but, but we ask that question, why God? If you're actually real God, why? You know, I've even asked like, uh, when it comes to the book of Genesis, right? Like, uh, and, and, and he says, don't eat that tree. I'm like, God, why did you create that tree? You ever asked that question? Like, no, I never thought about that. Wow, that's crazy. Why did he create that tree, man? Just like leave that tree out of the whole thing. You know, like I've asked that question. God, why, why did you create that tree? Why did you allow them to eat that fruit? Why couldn't a worm popped out or something? Like, don't do it. You know, something. Like, why? You know, uh, if you knew Satan was going to be that, why'd you create him? You ever ask that question? Like, just don't make that thing. Like, just withhold. You know, and I think we've, we've thought that even about people, right? Evil people in our history are even present. And you're like, God, you're the creator. Uh, hello? What'd you do there? What'd you miss fire on? What's happening? Like, these are the questions we ask. Why didn't he make a world where people didn't hurt each other? Guys, here's the, the answer to that. He did. He did make a world where people didn't hurt each other. The Bible affirms this truth in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, at the end of chapter 1, he looks at what he's made at the end of day 6, and he says, this is good. He doesn't go, oh my goodness, man, uh, missed that one, messed that up. No, he's perfect. He says, that's good. In other words, it's perfect. Adam and Eve are in a perfect condition, um, and, and everything is set exactly how it would need to be uh, for life to be just amazing. Like when you read that first chapter of Genesis, you go, they're set. 
Everything's good to go. So that's how he designed. That's where he made it. So where then did evil come from? Where did it come from? Well, once God chose to create human beings with free choice, then it was up to them rather than to God whether there was evil or not. That's what free choice means. That's what free choice means, you guys. Well, then why didn't he create human beings who were unable to choose to hate or to do other things that cause pain and suffering? Like, why didn't he just create uh, us and, and, and make it so that we had no ability to choose that option, right? Like, uh, when, when my kids uh, are hungry, we don't say, hey, go into the fridge and just grab whatever you want. We don't do that. We give them choices. We say, hey, there's green beans right there. There's carrots over there. There's an apple. And they're like, pick one of the three. But dad, there's can't, don't even look at it. It's not there, right? Why couldn't God have just programmed us with those three options, you know? And not that, that other one. And, and, and so to answer that question, like, why didn't he create people capable of only being good and loving? We have to ask this, what makes love so special? What makes love so special? See, um, I remember my wedding day uh, about 13 years ago now. And I remember my wedding day. It was the most nervous day of my life. Nothing's even, nothing's even close. Okay? Uh, any crowd I've ever spoken in front of, nothing compared to my wedding day. And what made my wedding day just a little more, for me, uh, difficult was... Um, Lindsay and her mom had gotten in this massive, Lindsay's my wife, had gotten in this massive fight with her mom the night before. And I didn't know what they were fighting about. Could have been me. And, and then, and I'm in Ohio because that's where she's from. And, and so the wedding's in Cleveland and we're there. And, and, and I just start playing through on the wedding day all the reasons why she may not show up or walk down the aisle. You guys have all seen those movies. And, and, and I, I just started getting caught up in like worst case scenario. And, and we decided to do one of those things because of her parents where you don't look at each other beforehand, which made it even worse. Like for me, like I'm like, just give me a glimpse so I know she's dressed like she's doing the thing. Like, but nothing. And so, and so I don't see her. I don't know anything. The last time I saw her was a big fight. And so I just start playing all of this over in my mind. And I am just like nervous. I'm, I, I, I mean, it was just bad. I mean, I remember just being honest because this is an honest place. My mom walked up to me and she could tell. My parents still laugh about this to this day. And my mom walked up. She goes, what do you need? And I said, I need you to get me a cigarette. And she literally went, what? And I said, I need a smoke. And uh, I mean, that's how I was just like so nervous. And uh, she didn't get me a smoke. But anyway, <laughs> she was good. She was like, okay, well, we need to do something. Let's pray, pray. Like, but I remember I stood up and then you guys, Lindsay showed up with her dad in the back. And I just went, and my brother, my older brother was doing the wedding. I looked at him and went, oh, she's there, all right, man. And then she walked down the aisle, and then we're saying those vows to each other. And guys, what made that so special and significant for me was that 
Nobody had a gun to her back and said, walk down the aisle. Nobody said, you have to marry him or else. Like she made a choice to love me. She made that choice. She made that choice to marry me. And so when we stood there, you guys, it was the most overwhelming feeling I had ever experienced knowing that she's standing there on her own, like her own will, uh, making a choice to, to love me forever, to be committed to me forever. And, and guys, I'm telling you right now, it's so significant and it, and it feels so special and different because of the choice, because of the choice. And so I, I think sometimes we just belittle and we go, oh, yeah, free will. Like, no, like you guys don't understand how powerful free will actually is and what that means for love. There is no love without it. Like, you don't get love. You just don't. You, like, like that's, that's how love happens. And so, and so when we think about uh, that, like, <laughs> um, if, if, if he had just created clones to love him, it wouldn't have been significant, would it have? Right? If he just programmed humans to love him, it wouldn't have been significant and it would have meant nothing to the clones, right? Because they were just programmed to love him. There was no like choice in that matter. And, and so when we look at this, like what makes love so special uh, is, is that choice. And that would have been missing if he would have just started programming us. Um, and, and listen, if, if love or goodness is something programmed into you, something you have no choice about, is it really love? It's not really love. They're just doing what they have to do. And so it loses its significance. Real love must involve a choice. Every time you use force to prevent evil, you take away freedom. That's just how it goes. Okay? Um, my youngest, he uh, is two, and he learned how to get out of his crib. Okay? Which is awful. Um, and I don't know if I shared this before, but uh, he, he has learned how to get out, and he, get, and he was getting out at like 5 a.m. Okay, it wasn't like, oh, 7.30, you know, uh, it was like 5 a.m. And I woke up to um, the freezer alarm going off. Okay, I didn't even know our freezer had an alarm. But it went off. And, and I didn't know because my wife's like, hey, the alarm's going off. I go, we got an alarm? She goes, on the fridge. I go, the fridge has an alarm? She goes, yes, it, it's open. So I go out there, and as I walk on the hardwood floor, it's sticky and wet. And I just go, oh, no. And then I look from the light of the fridge, like illuminating out, and there's the kitchen scissors. Now, kitchen scissors are sharper. They're not like little play scissors. Like, like they're legit. And I see them out, and I see some plastic. And I just, I just went, oh, no. And I started looking for blood. I literally just, as a parent, just went, where's the blood? And, and I didn't see any blood. And, and then I find... <laughs> An otter pop, empty container. This little two-year-old rat who we've never taught how to use scissors went and found the kitchen scissors like a ninja in the dark, like pitch black. No one can hear him. Grabs those scissors, grabs an otter pop, and cuts it perfectly, like perfectly. Like he's been doing it for years. 
and he had downed it at 5 a.m. By the time I figure out, he's upstairs, and I just hear the other older boys just yelling at him because he's now attacking them and waking them up. So you know what we did? We Googled. That's what you do. You're like, what do we do here? This is outside of our parental knowledge. You know, they didn't train you for that. And so we found this thing, and it's literally a tent that goes over their crib. It's jail. Let's just call it what it is. It's jail, okay? But it looks cute. So it's, it's, like, it's like this tent with this screen on it, and it zips up at the top. He can't get out. And, and so the first day, he's just like in there screaming, and da 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 da, da. And, but, but guess what? Guys, he's sleeping again. He's not getting up at 5 a.m. He's like, he'll wake up and then go back to sleep and that. He's taking his naps again and all that because he's in prison. And, and guys, I want you to think about that. To get him to do what we wanted him to do, what did we do? We took away freedom. We took away freedom. He doesn't have choice, <laughs> right? We took that away. Now, that's kind of funny, kind of horrific, but the reality is, you guys, for, for God to jump in and control a situation so that there would not be any outcome of evil, so that you wouldn't do something or they wouldn't do something, he is going to have to systematically hijack the very thing that is the greatest gift, which is your free choice, which brings the greatest gift of all, which is love. And so the moment we start saying, God, why this? Why that? You're actually asking for him to take away the greatest gift, which, if you're a Jesus follower, has led to the greatest love you've ever experienced in your life. And so we have to remember what we're talking about here. Because every time you use force to prevent evil, you take away freedom. To prevent all evil, you must remove all freedom and reduce people to literally puppets, which means they would then lack the ability to freely choose love. God gave people free choice because that's the only way they could experience love. But then we as humans abused that freedom of choice by rejecting him, walking away from him, and that's how human suffering came into the world. That's how it came into the world. God didn't create evil and suffering. Now, we go, well, he did create the potential for evil to enter the world because that was the only way, you guys, that was the only way, though, to create the potential for authentic love. So if, if there was no potential for evil at all, like no ability between these choices, then there couldn't have been the choice for authentic, genuine love. Okay, so we have to remember that. But we go, well, couldn't he have known what would happen? Like, couldn't he have anticipated the consequences of giving people free choice? You guys, he did. Like, he did. He, he, he knew. He, he knew what the consequences were of giving people that free choice. Guys, when you start a new relationship, whether it's a friendship or you see something more and you go, man, I think this could be something that leads to love, there is always in your mind the, the foresight to go, this may not work out. There's always the reality that this friendship may end. They may do something to harm me. Uh, they may turn their back. They may break this thing off. They may walk away and leave me behind. 
All those things are very real possibilities that all of you have dealt with in different ways, right? But, but you still went forward with the relationship, with the friendship, knowing that that possible outcome could be there. Why? Because you know when you have genuine friendship, it is a powerful and it's a special thing. And you know, maybe you don't yet, but you will potentially, uh, in a love relationship, it is a powerful thing and it's worth, like if you ask me, um, I have had relationships that didn't work and the relationship I'm in now is worth all of the other relationships that didn't work out. I would do all those things. I wouldn't do those things again, but I would be in those relationships in a God-honoring way to get my wife again. Heck yeah. So, so he, he obviously he knew that, that there was that potential. There was that uh, the, the consequences could be like that. So why in the world um, we go, well, why would he even like, like, like make that decision? Well, you guys, it, it speaks to his love for us. See, he knew we'd rebel against him, but he also knew that many people would choose to follow him. Right? He knew that there would be people that would turn their backs on him. But he also knew that others would choose him, that others would give up everything in order to follow him. And, and that just has to be, in my mind, I go, man, that's so powerful. It must have been worth it to him because he not only created us with free choice, guys, like he not only created us with that, but here's what's so powerful. He even created the way to bring us back to him after we rebelled. So he gave us free choice. We screwed that up. And he loved us so much, desires relationship, desires uh, to, to bring you into uh, his family so much that even after that rebellion, he created a way back. Why do you think he kicked him out of the garden? Why did he kick him out of the garden, you guys? Duh. They were bad. <laughs> they ate that fruit. Yes. Why? Why? He wanted to keep them away from the other tree, right? He knew that they would be stuck in that state for eternity. And the only way for redemption to happen for all of humanity was for him to kick them out of the garden. So when you read him kicking out of the garden, that's actually him creating a way back to himself. That's the kind of love he has. That even with the free choice, even knowing we would do that, he would still create a way back to himself. Why doesn't he just stop suffering now? Ask that question. Well, guys, here's the reality. He is stopping the suffering, right? We, we, we know, if we know the Bible, we know how it ends in Revelation, and we know uh, that, that he is going to be stopping all of the suffering. But, but here's the other thing that you guys, that, that we need to remember and understand, that um, the fact that God allows certain things to happen that we don't think we would allow to happen, that doesn't necessarily count against him, okay? Because how are we operating? We're operating with a very limited mind, right? Very limited. We can only see what's in front of us. We don't have foreknowledge. Uh, we're not sovereign uh, over, over time and space and all these other things. We don't know. We all, we're very limited. So every situation that we look at, uh, in fact, how many times, you guys, even in the last year, let's just talk about 2020, have you made assumptions based upon a headline, then later you actually found out you were wrong? A lot. 
I've read a lot of things. And I would jump to conclusion by, ugh. And then I'd read the facts. Like, ugh. It's just interesting how when you start to actually unlock and understand certain things, you start to gain a perspective. You guys, he's all-knowing. And so when you start judging him for certain things, like you don't know the end of the end of the picture. Like, like there's so many things that I do uh, with my kids that they think I'm evil for, but I'm doing them for their good. In fact, there's even times where there's things that are painful for them that I allow to happen because I know that pain is good for them. And we know that, that, like, if you talk to any athlete or, 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 or a performer who does things physically, they will always say, the pain and the setbacks, that is what led me uh, to where I'm at. And so we know that even in pain, it can be a great thing. Even pain, uh, the actual physical ailment of pain is designed to warn you from a greater pain. And so we just need to know that, like God is all-knowing and he's wise enough to foresee that we need some pain for reasons which we may not understand, but which he foresees as being necessary to bring eventual good. He's not being evil by allowing that pain to exist. We only see these situations from that limited perspective. And it's, you know, it's like the view I have now of my parents. I, I respect my parents more now. When I, was, when I was growing up and that, and, and even after I got out of college and stuff, I resented a lot about my parents and, and the things they did, the choices they made uh, for me and, and the things they tried to influence in my life. But now having kids, I'm a lot more gracious with them because I go, man, like in some of these situations, they did the best they could. And these are tough things to navigate through, but they tried. And so with perspective, you start to have grace. And so, guys, we have to be able to trust God with these moments of pain, these moments of hurt, these difficult life experiences, because they often shape and develop the character that you need to have to move forward so well. Okay? Uh, Romans 5.3, it says this, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Just think about that for a second. This is what Paul's saying. But we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. In Hebrews 12, 10 and 11, it says, For they disciplined us, he's talking about his parents, for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. He disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Amen? Yes. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been, it says, trained by it. Trained by it. That's the result if we walk through some of these painful things. If we guard our hearts and our mind from, from turning our back on God, when things happen that we can't understand, when things happen that we view as evil, uh, the things that, that we would say that's wrong, he could make that right, but he's not. And then we allow ourselves to be disconnected rather than holding these things true to our hearts. Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. All things. For those who love God. For those who are called according to his purpose. Guys, ultimately, what I always go back to in, in teachings on this topic is look at the death of Jesus on the cross. Like, is there, is there anything that we could even compare 
as far as injustice, as far as wrong, as far as murder, as far as just everything goes that shouldn't be allowed to happen, right? I mean, you look at that. I mean, he's perfect. He literally came to save all the, all the people that are spitting on him, beating him, nailing him to this cross, and, he, and, he, and he's hanging up there. And, and if you and I are there, right, like it doesn't get worse than what we're seeing. Like that form of punishment, that was the worst. Rome had literally uh, perfected torture and, and how to keep him on a cross and just go through pain, okay? And so, and so when we think about that and, and him on that cross crying and bleeding and saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Like, like we look at that moment and we go, it doesn't get any lower than this. It's, it's unfair, it's unjust, it's wrong. All these people should be dealt with right now. Why doesn't God strike them dead? They're mocking him even while he's hanging there. And yet, as a result of that, heaven was open for you and for me. He literally, through that, made a way. Guys, sometimes the worst things can have the greatest outcomes in the end. And it's also important to remember that people who hurt others or themselves, they're not just getting away with it. That's another temptation we fall into is just to go, oh, well, they just got away with it because they got away with it right now. Like the fact, you guys, that God hasn't evened the score in every case, it doesn't mean that he's not going to. In fact, criticizing him for not doing it yet, it's like, it's literally like reading half of a book, getting halfway and being like, what's wrong with this author? Why haven't they resolved the conflicts from the first two chapters? What's wrong with them? Ugh, I'm done with this book and you're halfway through, you don't do that. You go, I wonder how this is, it's like a great movie. Like you don't stop halfway and go, oh, the good guy lost, this is horrible, I'm done. There would not be any Marvel movies if that's what happened. Like they'd all be just gone, right? No one would watch that crap, but we know what happens, okay? Like, and a book, a great book keeps you in it, right? It keeps you, and, and, and to the point of you're like, oh, it's, it's but all of a sudden, right? And, but with God, we don't do that. With God, no, 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 God, you're God. It's different with you. You need to operate on my time. You need to make that right right now. God, I'm alive for this generation. It's the most important generation of all time, so you need to deal with it. That's how we treat him. That's how we treat our relationships. That's how we treat anybody that hurts us. And we like hold him hostage in our minds, in our hearts. We say, you can't get in here because you haven't fixed this how and when I wanted you to fix it. And he's sitting there like, oh my gosh, I haven't changed. I am who I am. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Look at my track record. Look at my love. Look at the love you've experienced from me. Look at the love I demonstrated on the cross for you and this hope and this peace that you walk in. And you're about to throw all that out over that situation over there that you don't don't even know what I'm doing in. Guys, it, it, it's crazy when you think about how we judge him. Guys, he says, the Bible says that there will be a day when sickness and pain will be wiped away and people will be held accountable for the suffering that they've caused. So it's going to happen. Like, it's going to happen. I want to lastly um, focus on this component. He delays a lot of his judgments, and, and he delays jumping into certain situations for our benefit. In 2 Peter 3.9, it says this, 
the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So in other words, in the very situations that I want him to fix now, or the people that I want him to deal with now, he is being patient for the very purpose of people repenting and given the opportunity to come back to him, to establish a relationship with him. If that's not like encouraging, inspiring to you, you need to get out more because that's crazy. The fact that he's, he's literally saying, the patience that you're saying, uh, is, is, I'm being too patient, is the very patience that's led to you repenting and, and it's the very patience that I'm using to bring other people to repentance. Guys, I'm so thankful for that. And one of the cool things I just start thinking about in this moment is um, I used to speak a lot in San Diego in the prison system. And when I would go into the prison system, there were so many people that had received Jesus as a result of a horrible crime, as a result of something horrible they've done. And, and, and there were people, and, and I remember having conversations with people that I'd seen on the news, and I'm like, oh my goodness. I was scared. I was literally like, this person could snap me. But, but I'm sitting there, and they're just broken over the reality that God still loves them after what they did. And yet the headline, we see the headline, and we go, God, you need to end that person's life. You need to take them out. Look what they did. And God just says, you are literally shutting the book. You're closing it, not only on their life, but what I'm going to do through their life and who I'm going to reach as a result of this thing that obviously is bad. Obviously, when tragedy strikes, God's not up there going, yes, that's why I gave you free will. No, he's going to deal with that. He really is. But you guys, we have to guard our hearts from allowing feelings, emotions, anger to rob us from what we know to be true and what he says about who he is, that he is sovereign, that he is all-knowing, that he is all-loving, and that he can cause absolutely anything to work out for his utmost good and your utmost good. Guys, hold on to that because I'm telling you right now, social media, the news, all that, it is going to try and hijack that belief. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to do everything it can to bring out emotions in you that question everything that's true that he's saying about himself. And at the end of the day, you guys, just continue to go back to the reality that he loved you enough to give you the opportunity to turn your back on him. And then he loved you enough, knowing that you would do that, to create a way back to himself. Guys, that's a... That's, see, for me... I knew, and I turned my back on him. Turned my back, done. Guys, right there in that moment, and I made some decisions that, man, I'm, I'm gonna have to pay the consequences for, but guys, he had every right at that point in time to be like, yep, bam, he's gone. And I think there's probably people that I had hurt that would have been like, God, that's not justice. You need to deal with him. He, like like he is, he's, he's a bad person. Guys, God didn't do that. He didn't do that. He broke me. He broke me, and every opportunity I get, I get to share about that. One of my best friends, my, my best friend who died tragically, 
I, I was tore up for months over it. Couldn't sleep for a month just thinking about it. And there's because of that death, I know hundreds of people that have received Jesus. And so it's just tough, you guys. Sometimes we, man, we just, we're literally so quick to just nail it into the ground and say, this is what it is. Guys, he's doing so much more than you can see or think or imagine. Let's trust him. If you've never trusted him before, put your hope and faith in him. Amen.